0: Welcome back. Welcome back. We got another another hot one for you today. This is Trevor one half of TBT Hosea for six. We want to say thank you all for tuning in with us on the day. Uh, to all of our supporters. Uh, we say thank you those that have contributed donated we thank you for that uh, you make it possible for us to do what we are doing. As always, if you would like to give, please visit our social media platforms uh, and you can find out ways, the different ways you can give to our ministry uh, to help us keep going forward. So, ladies and gentlemen, we got another hot one for you guys today. Another, I don't want to say controversial, but one that will make you think. So, some of us recall, I remember when I was... Mm, probably, yeah, about this time on social media. And you started to see Jamal Bryant, pastor of New Birth Missionary Baptist Church, very large church in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, Jamal Bryant, in an article posted on ChristianPost.com, Jamal Bryant said, Saging is witchcraft and satanic aromatherapy. That sparked a buzz. That was hot stuff for a minute. I even saw people on my platform, different social media outlets, talking about, well, they guess they're going to hell because they like to sage. Christian people. Others did not know that saging was wrong. Joining us today for part two of New Age in the Church, my friend and my brother is back, the one and only theologian, Pastor Dr. O.L. Buckley.
1: Welcome, sir. What's up, brother? I'm glad to be here, man. Um. Always, always a pleasure, man, to be able to jump back on with you and to talk about things that are important to us as believers. I yes. just want to make sure in case anybody, I know you and I talk and we kind of joke back and forth, but just in case anybody may be like, oh, he's a PhD, not yet, brother is working on it. <laughs> so I just, I just want to make that clear for somebody to try to try to uh, contest my uh, integrity in that way. Yeah, but I, I know what you mean. It's a term of endearment, brother. And I oh, appreciate yeah. it.
0: Doc, you call those things
1: that be not as though they were. <laughs> hey.
0: Speaking of speaking just, just, just Right, speaking of existence. Right. Speaking of right. speak it, speak it, speak it. Yeah, so last week we did talk about that a little bit. We talked, or excuse me, a mm-hmm. couple weeks ago. Let me Let me clarify mm-hmm. that last episode mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Asking Apologies. There we go. Got it right. We did talk about new age in the church and I don't think a lot mm-hmm. of people we're fully aware of new age inside Mm -hmm. the church. And particularly we're dealing with, um, African Americans not knowing about new Mm -hmm. age practices inside Mm -hmm. the church. And so we dealt with a little bit on speaking things into existence, um, Mm -hmm. how we can take certain scriptures out of context when dealing with that. Um, we also got into some other avenues and we concluded with, uh, yoga crystals, Mm -hmm. saging, angel mm-hmm. cards, and that's mm-hmm. what we want to pick up again today. So in light of what Dr. Jamal Bryant talked about, mm-hmm. saging, mm-hmm. Uh, is it really demonic? Is it satanic? Well,
1: I think we need to look at it in, in two ways. We need to look at it, actually, we can look at it in three ways. Mm-hmm. We can look at it is in what is it? How has it traditionally been used? Mm-hmm. And for what purpose are we using it today? Right, right. So if we say what is it, someone will say, oh, well, if we're talking just say about SAGE, they'll say, oh, we're talking about a, a big chunky incense
2: mm-hmm. of
1: sorts. Um, but it's not just about what is it materially speaking, how has it traditionally or how has it classically been used? And as I understand it, um, the practice itself was really for the purposes of purifying an environment from a spiritual standpoint. Mm -hmm. And so we're using it as a instrument of influence around an environment.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so um, today people will sage um, not because they want to have you know, thin smoke in their house, right, right. but because the belief or the, or the idea or the purpose or rather the intent of it is to uh, draw out negative what they would call energy from an environment, from a room, lift heaviness off of a person.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so they're using it as an instrument to influence their environment. And part of the reason why it's so attractive is because it's a sense of, um, uh, of empowerment. And so right. people feel like they can wield a degree of power mm-hmm. by using this outside instrument, but the very essence of it in terms of what it is and its purpose of use, mm-hmm. it is to try to wield control. Now, people do it, and I believe in their minds, they're thinking that they're being very well-meaning,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: that they're doing it with well intention. But the reality is, is that there are practices that are germane or have their origins in idolatry Mm -hmm. and occult practices. And when we try to relabel or rename them uh, to make them more palatable for our conscience, uh, then what we're doing is we're trying to detach wet from water.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: you can't make water not wet. Wet is intrinsic to water. And I believe, uh, according to scripture, that if we're going to try to embrace a practice and then rename it, uh, even if it seems like it's for a well-meaning intent, I think our premise
0: mm-hmm.
1: needs to be re-examined. Right. Uh, because I think it's ultimately faulty.
0: Yeah. You know, you see a lot of Celebrities doing, I don't say mm-hmm. a lot, but you see some more popular celebrities that mm-hmm. you know, Sage or Do Crystal. Mm-hmm. But at the same mm-hmm. time, they have a cross around the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's some that you don't see a cross at all. They fully gone to that side. But it's the fact mm-hmm. that we listen to them, and, You know, that's man. I can relate to what she's saying in the music or what he's doing, you know, or mm-hmm. when they're sage and they're saying, you know, bless up, I'm blessing up. You know, mm-hmm, it's kind of mm-hmm. like I've got a reason and excuse to do that if, mm-hmm. you know, rapper such and such or R&B singer such and such, whoever's doing that, you know, and you don't know the full gist of what you're doing. Um, one of my homeboys, he taught, he was telling me about a girl. He was dating at the time, you know, she's in the church. heavy in the church? You know, fact, I know the church he goes to, but, um, you know, she, you know, they met cool, you know, they were hanging She you know, he said, you man, you got a great personality. He said, thank you. You know, some couple of weeks later, three weeks later, you know, after some dates mm-hmm. uh, they knowing each other a little bit more personally, um, get used to each other. You know, he's got some things going on with his business. So he mm-hmm. kind of a little hectic and, you know, so she comes over and she's talking about, uh, you know, what's wrong with you? You need to go and sage. you got bad energy, bad vibes. Mm -hmm. And so he asked me about, and I I was detailing to him about, you know, I'm going to say this, if you're just burning, because it can have some natural stuff. Like if you, if you had a cookout and you want to keep flies away or bugs away, saging is good for that, you know, Mm -hmm. but if you're doing it and you're chanting and you have a sole purpose of trying to purify an atmosphere of, uh, unseen realm or supernatural forces. Mm-hmm. That's the danger. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when you start to invite. But if you're a Christian, the sage have more power than prayer has Sage mm-hmm. become your faith. You know, are you putting, how, mm-hmm. you know, I don't think we have really unpacked the spiritual warfare that's involved with one praying, you know, even just your daily life, you know, but, but what saging will invite, you know, um, so that I mean, that's just me, but I don't know. I mean, is it, can we just use it for natural? I mean, let's just say if you, you know, like you're at a cookout, is it wrong or should we avoid it completely because the popularity it has gained? So, you know, again, I'm, I'm not
1: the guy on Sage, but I would say this much when anytime we look at something that is, uh, that has its origins, or is attributable to uh, false worship, idol worship, Mm -hmm. um, uh, connection with um, the evil of the unseen world Mm -hmm. uh, in an attempt to try to gain some type of control or in an attempt to try to gain some type of um, carnal desire, even if it seems well-meaning, like you know wanting to change someone's countenance. Mm-hmm. Um I don't think we have to go to sage to lift a person's countenance. Right. Um scripture says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Yes. If 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 I'm going to 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 default um to try to change a person's or try to lift a person's countenance say in this case and I'm going to look for means outside of scripture, outside of God's holy word, I've already Begin to act in a way that is uh, adulterous, yes. Because because I am leaving the 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 bounty of Scripture, I am leaving the the beauty of God's holy word mm-hmm. to try and find remedy outside of God's holy word. Now I'm saying this in a very practical sense, but I'm saying this um, with 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 the deepest of conviction. I'm not saying. So are you saying if a person has a migraine headache, that they shouldn't take an Excedrin or they shouldn't take an aspirin? I'm not saying that at all. Mm -hmm. What I am saying is that if we are trying to to look to to impact the soul of a person,
2: Mm -hmm.
1: and if a person is heavy or depressed or weighted down, that is something that is occurring within their soul. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: So if we're looking to try to lift the soul of a person, well, Scripture makes it clear that we have the lifter of our head, figuratively mm-hmm. speaking,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: the lifter of our countenance is Christ in his word. Yes. So if we're trying to incorporate another means in conjunction with per se or apart from, I think we've just moved into a dangerous space. Yeah. Uh, so that at least initially would be my rationale while I would say, no, we should not sage.
0: Yeah, yeah, I and I I totally agree that um you know because of the popularity that it mm-hmm. has gained um mm-hmm. you know and I'm not gonna it's just like I mean hey look you burn incense in your house you know you might cook some mm-hmm. fish or something in your house and you kill that smell off. You know, Mm -hmm. that the inherent problem comes when you start to connect that with some supernatural force. Or like Mm -hmm. you were saying, if you're trying to lift somebody's spirits up, you know, you're trying to, you know, that's the the issue. That's when it becomes a big no, no. Mm -hmm. If we're looking at scripture, I mean, Deuteronomy Mm -hmm. 18 is pretty clear when it comes to occult practices. And Mm -hmm. I mean, if we look at where sage is very popular, where we get staging I think in the West, from don't quote me mm-hmm. on this, but mm-hmm. fact check me is mostly voodoo and voodoo, mm-hmm. or script, or I'm sorry, not scripture, but um, religion and cultures that that you know have that type of worldview, uh, and fascination with the supernatural realm mm-hmm. in an aspect that we can control them to some degree by our own you know ability. And that ability will be by something physical like saging. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I don't I mean, any other thoughts on that? I would just say this. Somebody because I could
1: imagine someone thinking, well, what about um scripture talking about our prayers going up as incense before the Lord? Right. I could imagine somebody saying that. And yeah. that's a that's a that's a legit question. Uh-huh. Well, I think we need to understand the difference between um that which is a metaphor, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. or or yeah, that which is a metaphor, and that which is um, actual. And so I think if we're going to say that our, that, that, that our prayers, according to Scripture, goes up, you know, as incense before the Lord, well, where did that come from? Well, that came from the priest in the temple mm-hmm. who would have the incense, and it, it's, it was designed to go up as a, as, a, as a sweet-smelling savor before the Lord as our prayers, well, well that's when we needed to have high priest. Mm -hmm. Now, Christ is our high priest, Mm -hmm. which has actually given us direct access to the Father. Father. So so there's no need for earthly priests to pray on our behalf anymore. They're not going into the temple, then into the holies of holies anymore to offer up our prayers before the Lord. Now we have direct access. And so because of what Christ has accomplished, because of what Christ has finished, and him ultimately being our high priest, who is right now interceding on behalf of his church, then we, um, we have no need for those practices, even metaphorically speaking,
2: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or
1: should I say uh, in a way that's symbolic or emblematic. So what we, what, the only thing we need to do is put our full hope and confidence in the finished work of Christ that we can now approach the throne of grace with confidence. So mm-hmm. if that is the case, then and, 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 and the joy of the Lord is my strength, and he says, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives it,
2: mm-hmm. Then, mm-hmm.
1: then I need to throw myself into uh, the loving arms of the Father. I need to immerse myself in his holy word and do as um, um, the writer did uh, in Psalms and encourage myself, so, yeah. as it Amen. were. Yeah. in the lord so i i i just think that's where i leave it
0: no that's 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 good um you know uh, and i think it's it's important to talk about because you know there's certain certain um cases where i would see people doing it you know and sitting out mm-hmm. when it's a full moon and yeah
1: see all that is trying to engage yeah um uh, the, the, the occult world. And really, yeah. it, it is, it is um, spiritism. Um, one could even say uh, spiritualism. That's probably the word, the word that we would use now. Mm-hmm. That's why when you hear people say, you know, I'm not a Christian or I'm not a this or not a that. Mm-hmm. I'm spiritual. Yeah. Uh, what they're trying to do, what that attempt is, it is to say, I don't have any restraints on me uh, under the banner of religion. I'm free to love God according to my own ways and means. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, it's the difference between a Cain offering and an Abel offering. And Abel gave to the Lord as the Lord would have, has determined he wanted to be worshipped. Whereas Cain worshipped God according to how Cain desired to worship God. Well, that's Mm -hmm. the same thing that happens today. Yeah. people who often say well i'm not religious or i don't ascribe to any religion quote unquote i'm spiritual it's the difference between cain worship and abel worship that's basically yeah. what it is
2: mm-hmm.
0: yeah you know and i mean even uh we look i can't find it in deuteronomy i know it's in deuteronomy it talks about um how he has given the moon the sun the stars mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Other astral phenomenon as right. gods to the other nations, and so he has called Israel. I think it may be in Deuteronomy thirty-two with that worldview, called them as his own people, you know, mm-hmm. and forbade them to go and worship. And so, right? I mean, you look at that connection now. It's well, the moon is giving me energy, and I'm, you know, I'm increasing my divine goddessness or whatever my, you know, my inner god, and you know that, that it's giving me that sort. And so you know you're making that object a deity exactly but the, but what throws me off is when i see on your timeline or story or whatever sunday morning you post inscription or you know now because of coronavirus you posting your pastor and i'm like wait a minute what in the world you know i'm confused but i think it's just a lot of people that that you know one is what we talked about uh previously you know, this is the most illiterate biblical generation Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that if you just pick the Bible up and you saw Mm -hmm. what you're doing is prohibited. But then what I'm afraid of, they'll get into the argument of, well, that was then this is now, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know, it's almost like now with, with what we're seeing with yoga, um, Mm -hmm. how we're trying to make an allotment for, you know, yoga Mm -hmm. being okay. It's okay Mm -hmm. to practice yoga uh to mm-hmm. do yoga and does I think that that uh Christ approves us doing yoga. And I'm like, "What what wait a minute, wait a minute. Are we understanding what yoga is?" And well, go ahead. I let I'll say this point for for when you finish up about yoga and what uh Hindu association has said about that.
1: Well, you know, um, let me say this, okay? Because, you know, there was a period where you know, not too long ago where where I was really having some serious back issues, um, just not really having good posture, um, sitting in uncomfortable chairs, doing mm-hmm. long hours of reading and work uh, at a table that really wasn't really fit for me, ergonomically speaking.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so, you know, over the course of time and plus, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm not a spring chicken anymore, mm-hmm. um, but I I'm not a, I'm not old either, but I have noticed at least since my senior year in high school, that my body has changed.
2: Mm-hmm, <laughs>
1: and mm-hmm. so there are things that I recognize that I need to, to course correct and um, good um, body posture practices that I need to, to embrace right now. And so there was a point where I was doing different stretches, you know, uh, and my wife, who is a classically trained dance, uh, dancer, so there's a lot of different, stretches and exercises that that she knows in terms of how they how they impact the body and so forth Mm -hmm. and so um, there was a period there was a point where I was doing some yoga um, um, stretches and practices and it was really having you know a positive physical positive impact on my body at least from my posture and from how my back felt so I don't want to make anything that I'm about to say sound like there aren't any um noticeable or immediate benefits that the physical body can gain from mm-hmm. yoga. My challenge with yoga as I've learned um, is that it is rooted and it is its its origin uh, is in Eastern religions and particularly mm-hmm. and I don't say like disparagement and like you know if a Christian is in the East that <laughs> that's that's not what I'm saying. What mm-hmm. I'm saying is, mm-hmm. is that it has its origins outside of Christ, and it, and it is in Hinduism, mm-hmm. cultism, um, paganism, ultimately. And so I don't want to, to be in the ballpark. I don't want to be in the area, in the vicinity of practicing something that is ultimately designed to connect me um, with uh, this, quote unquote, divine nature or essence uh, that is that I'm supposed to connect with in the universe. In fact, let me read something um, Mm -hmm. that is very, very popular right now in terms of how yogis, those who are yoga practitioners, how Mm -hmm. they describe it. Uh, And here's some things that that are that are that are inherent, intrinsic and known about yoga. Number one, it believes that the universe is one, that the universe is alive and that the universe breathes. And if we want to participate in the universal dialogue, then we have to consciously um, participate through yoga, which is the controlling of breathing, the focus of our breaths. And mm. yoga um, is designed to, 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 and I have some notes here that I'm reading. Um, yoga, you come in at one state, And if it does its job, you come out at a different state. So this is really trying to have a soulish impact, not not just physical, Mm -hmm. but a soul impact on the person. By its design, it is supposed to give you more joy. Yeah. By yoga's design, it's supposed to give you more joy. If that's going to be the case, then what role does God play in my life for me getting joy? If that's going to be the case, then, then then can I really say that Jesus is indeed the center of my joy, that I derive my joy from the Lord? Well, mm-hmm. it's either going to be my joy is from him and, and in him alone, or my joy is in something or someone else. And mm-hmm. so that's really, really important. And anything I'm saying right here, by the way, as it pertains to these meanings or definitions are things uh-huh. that I'm reading from yogis who are yoga practitioners, yoga instructors, and people who have embraced this as a lifestyle. And yeah. so this is what they are stating, even those who have gone over to India and who have practiced with some of the oldest and eldest yogis we have mm-hmm. on earth. This right, is right. what they're being taught. And so um, here's a quote that I, that, that I got from a, from a yogi who in a documentary, which can be found on Netflix, by the way. Uh, and here's what it says. Not trying to pump them up, but just saying. Um, here's what here's 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 what he said. He said, "And because yoga is so informal, mm-hmm. unlike religion, is why it attracts so many people these days. People have seen religious people behave in ways they don't consider religious." End quote. Mm. Mm. So the attraction of yoga, even amongst believers today, is because it is so informal, unlike religion. Going back to my earlier statement, people wanting to give Cain-like worship, which is what man decides he wants to give to God, versus Abel-like worship, Mm -hmm. which is what God says he requires from man, if man is indeed to worship
0: him. Right. Yeah, I mean... I remember when I was at a community college here mm-hmm. in the RVA. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, liberal arts, classical liberal arts. So I took a lot of religious courses. You know, I knew that's mm-hmm. what I wanted to go in that field. And so one of the courses I had to go and visit uh, faith other than of my own, a religion mm-hmm. other, other than my own. And so mm-hmm. I, we were in a group of four. And uh, so we chose to go to a Hindu temple, right? Very big, nice, you know, I mean, put a lot, and folks put a lot of money into, you know, the temple. You know, of course, you got to take your shoes off. Uh, the men mm-hmm. have their room. Women have their room. Uh, no, no uh, pews, chairs, nothing. You go into this mm-hmm. huge, you know, what we would call sanctuary in our spaces, but, you know, mm-hmm. open open floor plan, open floor mm-hmm. plan concept. But what you saw, you saw different Hindu gods, mm-hmm. statues, gold, and so I mean they put a lot mm-hmm. of money into the, you know inside, and so you would see people go up to these different statues mm-hmm. and pray, and some of them were hitting yoga poses, mm-hmm. and you know at that time I was heavy into the gym, and so you know I was seeing that in the gym, and I was like you know I I really wasn't you know uh, in Christ at that time, you know, I was just taking it right. just because I have a passion for, you know, religion, but
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I would see it at the gym. I was like, man, that's why I never really got into yoga. I had somebody said, man, let's do yoga. I was like, nah, I still apprehend. I like this ain't my thing, you know, but in the back of my mind, I knew that something was off with yoga. And so I got the kind of aha moment when I went to that Hindu temple. And since then, it's just kind of like when people say, man, let's do yoga now, uh-uh. because I know what it's about, you know. And I mean, it's, it's probably some good physical benefits, but at the same time, mm-hmm. that's it just the the enemy needs a crack. That's it. It's like a mouse. Mm-hmm. Right. A mouse can fit through a size of a, a hole, can fit through a hole a size of a dime. Right? Mm-hmm, right, that's all he needs, and next thing you know, you're fully embedded into these mm-hmm. type of practices. You mm-hmm. know, saging could be that dime size hole that will lead to yoga, or yoga can be the dime size. You know, even when you look at uh, even yoga in gyms, it's chanting, it's um, the it's, little
1: it's uh, mantras, mantras. So there forth. you go,
0: yeah. yeah. It's See, so the thing what,
1: about the thing about all these things. And I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you good, you're good. Go ahead. Everything that you're naming these are breadcrumbs that the enemy uses yes. to allure us down a path and one mm-hmm. of the things that i that i that i i firmly believe this and i say this quite often um satan is extremely patient Yeah, and he will work and wait and wait and work and wait on you and wait mm-hmm. on you and he will wait on you and wait on you and he'll keep working mm-hmm. on you Keep mm-hmm. working on you. It's like the, like the riverbank that is slowly being eroded by the running of water over the course of time.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: so you could have a gap of running water that's this wide, come back 20 years later, and it's this wide, mm-hmm. come back 100 years later. You know what I'm saying? And so what he does is he tries to get the change to happen so slowly that it's not noticeable or discernible, yeah. that before we realize the shoreline is so far back there that we've drifted so far out to sea and we don't even realize it. And all along, we've rationalized our way away from God.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And um, you know, you start to make, like you're saying, not rationalize, but you're starting to make provisions with the text of provisions for the flesh. Yes. You absolutely. know, you start to, say, and I mean, for instance, well, <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay. Yoga is okay to do. It's good physical. And then we, we really try to demean the spiritual side, but I don't think the Hindu association of America or wherever else will come out and blatantly say they're upset with people in the West for hijacking our practice because it is interest intrinsically involved with the religious practice of Hinduism. Great point. You know, Great uh, point. so therefore you're in are one inviting, you know, you know, in a a Christian worldview, demonic forces as what Mm -hmm. the text tells us, Mm -hmm. you know, especially Deuteronomy 32, 17. I mean, even if we starting to go unpack that from that point, going to second temple Judaism, all the way to the new Testament, you're inviting these things in. And what John said in first John his what I call his dissertation. Others call his dissertation, you know, Mm Uh, he talks about how the spirit of the Antichrist was present, and he was writing close two thousand years ago. Yes, so you have and, to look, and, at, and is alive and well today, live and well. And so, mm-hmm. even if you want to, you know, take take it from his point, or if mm-hmm. you want to go back further than that into uh, Hebrew Bible, mm-hmm. you have to look at how they have studied man.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Notice how the language has changed.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Notice how the truth has become demonized Mm -hmm. how uh, wrong is right now and Mm -hmm. it's crept into the church. We're making provisions for occult practices, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I was listening to a few sermons and and they were talking, I mean, these sermons um, both, you know, old black Baptist preachers, Kojic preachers, PAW, and man, I'm telling you, they were spot on. We laughed at it at the time, like early 2000. They said it's coming a time in the church, you know, and of course we know how conservative traditional black church is. And they started Mm -hmm. to speak about what's going to happen, the turning of the tide and what do we see today is all this stuff is crept into the church. And then at a point Mm -hmm. in time, they didn't tolerate it. Mm-hmm. You know, we were in black, black church, traditional African American churches was considered more conservative than what evangelical churches were at a certain point. Mm-hmm. You know, in history, and so now we're seeing an influx of that. And I mean, it's starting with, uh, let me say this: it started with the in uh, uh the creeping of of prosperity gospel. You know, um, man, that that's been the ahead.
1: prop. That's been that's been a a um. A strain of uh, of contamination mm-hmm. uh, for a very long time. The yeah. prosperity gospel has been.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, and you look at the inception of where that started,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and who it started from. You had it from, if I'm not mistaken, some Europeans that were saturated in the, uh, theoph- the- if I'm pronouncing it right, theosophy, which Helen Blavatsky. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, um, and so you want starting to unpack Helen Blavatsky. What was she about? What is the Society of Theosophy? Theosophany, I think I'm pronoun- yeah, pronouncing it so, right.
1: So all of it, I, I know what you're saying though, and I, and I know who you're speaking of. So mm-hmm. all of it can be found really, um, much of its origin can really be found in Gnosticism. Yeah. And that's, a, that's becoming more of a buzzword today, increasingly. Yeah. Um, but, it's, but, it's, but it's the truth anyhow. And so this whole idea that the spirit is divine, mm-hmm. and that anything material, flesh, uh, is inherently evil,
2: mm-hmm. so
1: it's man's attempt to always try to associate with the spirit and distance himself from the natural or from the material. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we look at these, these are none of this is new. The church has been dealing with these heresies for years, since, okay. The whole reason we have creeds and confessions yeah. is because there had to be a response that could, that could encapsulate orthodoxy mm-hmm. uh, to offset and to counter heresies that were trying to creep their, their, their way in. Mm-hmm. And so, so what has happened though is that man is still on this attempt to try to ascend himself to the level of, of God mm-hmm. and, and, and likewise trying to bring God down to his level. It's man's attempt to try to equal himself or equate himself as much as he possibly can on the level with God. Now, we know that we have communicable attributes with God. We have the ability to think, to communicate, so we can reason and and we can have relationship and fellowship with God. But for all of the communicable attributes or the shared attributes that we have with God, Mm -hmm. there are many more incommunicable attributes um, that God has um, that obviously we don't have that we don't share with him. One of them being, we kind of talked about this in the earlier episode, Mm -hmm. which is found in Romans 4 17. Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: And so it's amazing to me because this, this whole, approach this lens by which we even engage scripture uh comes from this attempt for man to elevate himself to the divine and to try to uh likewise bring god down to his level so if we look at romans 4 let's start at verse 16 Mm -hmm. so let's make sure we're actually grasping the context here romans 4 16 says this this is why it depends excuse me paul is saying the apostle paul that is why it depends on faith in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to the adherent of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham. He's talking about Abraham's obedience to God, Mm -hmm. his faith in God, and then righteousness being credited to his account. Yes. And so what he says here uh, is in verse 17, as it is written, I have made you, this is the Lord speaking to Abraham, Mm -hmm. I have made you the father of many nations in the presence of the God whom he believed, who, talking about this God, Mm
2: -hmm.
1: who gives life to the dead. So God does this, Mm -hmm. gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. Yeah. in hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he has as he had been told so that all your offspring so shall excuse me your offspring be the Lord is communicating he is prophesying to Abraham I am going to increase you yeah. and through you the families of the earth shall be blessed the Lord has His elect; He knows who He 's calling, and He is prophesying to Abraham, "I am going to draw out from your faith many, many, many sons mm. and so and so uh, um, this this faith that Abraham exhibited, uh, the Lord has credited it as righteousness to His account because Jesus had not gone to Calvary. And atone for our sins once and for all here, but rather, the Lord is saying, "I'm going to call those things that are not, mm-hmm. that do not exist, mm-hmm. as though they do." Yeah. Who has the ability to do that? That is a unique mm-hmm. and distinctive attribute that God and God alone possesses, not man.
0: Right. Creatio ex nihilo. Exactly. Right. Out of nothing. And We see that in Genesis.
1: Calling right. something out of nothing. Out of that nothing. Would, that would include um, a, that would include Sarah's womb that was barren. Yes. He drew out the promise. Mm-hmm. That would include uh, Mary's womb, mm-hmm. who had not known a man. Mm-hmm. The Lord did these things. Right. That includes the earth, mm-hmm. the sun, mm-hmm. all of those things that did not exist prior. The Lord spoke those things into existence. And that is the power that he alone has a man is going to say, oh, well, I've been made in his likeness. I've been made in his image. So all I have to do is speak the no. word. Well, no. no, that's not what he's saying. <laughs> right. Right. He's not, you know... Um, I'll, I'll stop there because I don't want to... I can only not that for, for, for another hour. But go ahead. No, you're good.
0: I think it does deserve some more unpacking. Let me say this. Two things you said that's of importance. Um, the first one what you were talking about is uh doctrine the importance of creedal confessions doctrine mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um erwin Lutzer, um i think he's a the, uh theolo, uh his, a historian of theology church history mm-hmm. um he has a book called doctrines that divide and mm-hmm. he puts this disclaimer in the in right opening pages of the book and talking about why is it important for us to be reading on ancient church doctrine mm-hmm. and he says this a lot of stuff that has been stamped out prior to uh not seeing 325 ad mm-hmm. council mm-hmm. of not seeing 325 mm-hmm. ad or mm-hmm. the council of Arles in 314 315 i think mm-hmm. 314 ad mm-hmm. has crept back into the church absolutely and we don't know it
1: because we don't know it it's been able to creep back into the church.
0: Right. You know, we, you know, and, and so um, that's the importance of one. I mean, I know some people are not really fascinated with understanding doctrine. Um,
1: well, because the word
0: doctrine has become,
1: has been stigmatized as something bad and negative. Mm-hmm. And, and what has happened is the word love has been hijacked. And so we go around saying, speak the truth in love. Mm-hmm. But what is actually ended. the, ended up happening is we're not speaking the truth at all Mm -hmm. because we're trying to only speak what we think is love
0: right you know um, so you
1: you can't be a pastor who warns your church otherwise mm -hmm. you're negative
0: yeah yeah you lose speaking engagements
1: yep but what that really means and I have seen this too often what that really means is that you know when people say you know what don't warn me um, it's because you're going to end up confronting something they enjoy.
0: Yeah. 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 That's that's or something true. that they
1: bought into that. They're going to have to separate from.
0: Yeah. And that's challenging. That's what a lot of this new age stuff, you know, that is crept into the church unknowingly one, because we're not reading our Bibles mm-hmm. Two, we are not understanding church doctrine and dogma Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. i know sometimes it can get a little bit boring or tedious but you need to understand uh why you believe what you believe and uh, Mm -hmm. how you can unpack that you know something's rubbing you the wrong way you know see if you can pull up on a website you know your Uh church's doctrine and look at the scriptures they pull and how they use them that That is so
1: that is so that is so good that you're saying that go ahead
0: yeah and that brings me to the other point that you made uh, when you read from Romans chapter Four, you backed up and say, well let 's get context mm-hmm. You need context with scripture. you just can 't pull stuff out because that 's how you get into manipulation we 'll see right here where it says that I can speak this thing into existence, so i can I can come over here and i got the power of life and death in my tongue well let's let 's get context and let 's understand what the text is talking because what you 're doing is what mm-hmm. the occultists do." So can, pick can we, and can, choose. Can go we ahead. look
1: at some of those scriptures? Yeah, um, go ahead. Last episode, you were talking about um, Proverbs.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I
1: think it was the scripture that says... Um,
0: Is it 1821?
1: I think that's what you were saying, yeah. Okay. So I'm turning there now, um, and I'll just share this with real quick. And I, I hope we're good on time here. But here's, here's what it says. It says, 1821, it says, um, Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat of its fruits. Mm-hmm. All right. So, so when it says death and life is in the power of the tongue, actually, let's go up to verse 20. It says, from the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach is satisfied. Yeah. He is satisfied by the yield of his lips.
2: Mm-hmm. Death
1: and life from the power of the tongue. And so, and, and, and those who love it will eat of its fruits. What he's saying is not that we can speak things into existence or that, or that, Literal death or literal life is in the power of its own. First of all, part of what um, is to be understood is that those who possessed power, like those who were kings, could end a person's life with one word. Yeah. Okay. So it doesn't mean that I can say something and all of a sudden your body decays and dies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's not saying that my that my actual audible words can cause your body to decay and die. Mm-hmm. nor is it saying that my actual audible words can cause life to come into your womb. I could hold my mouth to, to I, I, I could play audio tapes on a, on a or, or audio tapes, listen to me. I could play audio and, and put the, put the headphones on the stomach of someone, of, of, a, of a woman who wants to bear a child and the audio is not going to do that. hmm Because the audio doesn't give life. Mm -hmm. The words that you and I speak don't give life in the sense of literal life. Can they Mm -hmm. encourage people? Yes. Mm
2: -hmm. Can
1: they discourage people? Yes. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Can they cause a person's countenance to fall? Yes. You don't believe that? Try saying something to a small child Mm -hmm. who doesn't have adult understanding. We have to be very, very mindful of our words, watchful of our words when we're talking even to small children. Right, mm-hmm. because it can, it can impact their, 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 their soul. So we yeah. have to be very, very watchful over the words that we speak. Well, that's what that means, but that's not saying that I can actually do what God did and call the sun into existence or the moon into existence. Right. So when it says death and life is in the power of the tongue, it's not saying literal death or literal life,
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, unless you're a person who sits you know, as a monarch upon a throne and you have servants waiting to carry out your every, your every word. Um, that could happen in these days. That can happen in certain governments and under certain regimes. If the king wants you dead, he could say it. Yeah. And So the point, of the, the point of the text is not that we can do this. The point of the text is to be responsible and make sure that we're edifying people with our words and to mm-hmm. make sure that we're not ensnaring ourselves by saying things that we should not say.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, I, I mean, what I'm so used to is, you know, people using this as two different ways. One is, you know, you're trying to get a job or, you know, a house, and, you know, you, you kind of take some some things into consideration. Well, this is what they're looking for, you know, specifically you know they want five years experience in medical coding you know Mm -hmm. and your field is polar opposite well chances are they you know they might turn you down well no Mm -hmm. don't say that you better you got power life and death in your tongue so there's one way of again speaking things into existence or wishful thinking let me tell you what mm that oh go ahead
1: i was gonna say that's called the law of attraction Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that is that is the, the law of attraction is because like the yogi Mm-hmm. You believe that the universe is alive. Yeah. So you don't want to put things in an atmosphere because then, the, because then the universe is responsible for performing what we say the most, think the most. Again, you're attributing power to something that does not have power. You're attributing power to something that was created as opposed to the only creator. Right. And so when you try to do that, once again, you're trying to put yourself on par with God, thinking mm-hmm. that if I say this enough, which is basically a mantra a chant and mm-hmm. then the universe will cause us to materialize. Now, some people will say, well, know I'm not saying that the universe is going to cause this to materialize in my life. God is going to do this. Well, now what we're saying then is that if I say things enough that God has to do what right. I'm saying, then what we're saying in effect is, is that God does what I say as mm-hmm. opposed to doing his own will, which mm-hmm. is to strip him of his sovereignty and place it upon us.
0: Right. You know, and, and, the other portion is when somebody's getting ready to die, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I understand we pray, you know, mm-hmm. um, and there's nothing wrong with you praying, Lord. You know, we ask right now, we we got the power of life and death. We're going to raise him up, you know, you know, and then you use what Jesus said, greater works shall you do. You go over there in the New Testament, but you come back here to, to Proverbs 18, 21,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, but my thing is, We gotta consider God's will, and so I'm looking at Psalm 139, where David talks about, you know, our days have been ordained by God. Mm -hmm. So if it's my time to go, you your your power that you think you have on your tongue ain't gonna change that. Right. So let me God's will.
1: In response to that, let me say this: in Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Uh huh. Matthew chapter six, verse nine. Jesus is talking to to his disciples these are Jewish men who yeah. understand prayer. Yeah. But they realize after watching Jesus pray mm-hmm. and, 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 walking with him mm-hmm. that there's something about prayer that they don't understand. And they realize we actually don't know prayer the way we thought we did. So right. they asked, they asked Jesus, they said, teach us to pray. Right. And so in Matthew six, nine, he says, pray like this, our father in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Number one, you're noticing he's saying our. So he's Mm -hmm. denoting community. Father, which is to speak of the sovereign God, creator of heaven and earth of all things. Mm -hmm. And then he denotes his position. He says he's in heaven. He says, Hallowed be thy name. How sacred, how holy is your name. Verse 10, your kingdom come, your will, your will be done. Mm -hmm. Your will be done, not our will be done. Your will be done. Well, then the person who's reading this who doesn't understand is going to say, well, yeah, I already know the will of God. But mm-hmm. well, then I would say then, okay, if you know the will of God, then let's go to the book of James,
2: mm-hmm. where
1: we're supposed to not say one thing definitively or the other thing definitively, but we're supposed to pray and say, if the Lord wills.
2: Yeah, yeah. See,
1: this assumption that we know God's will is what people try to use to think that they can impose onto the text something that the text doesn't say, but let's keep reading in, Um, verse 10, it says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I say, see, see, the will of God
2: that is in heaven,
1: the kingdom that is in heaven is supposed to happen just like it is in heaven. It it is supposed to be the same thing on earth. Mm -hmm. This text is not saying that um, we want the kingdom of God as it is in heaven to be the same happenings and circumstances on earth, although that would be nice. But Mm -hmm. if that were the case, then everybody who's married is basically saying, I don't want to be married to my spouse anymore, because in the kingdom of God, there is no marriage as between man and woman It is one bride to Christ, our bridegroom. So that Mm -hmm. has to go out of the window. Mm -hmm. Many other things have to go out of the window, by the way, Mm -hmm. if that's going to be the case. That totally Mm -hmm. redefines our relationships here on earth to people that we love, Mm -hmm. because and there's many other things. If you want the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven, then, then you really need to understand what does the kingdom of God actually entail and what does that mean? Because there's a lot of things that you want, that you enjoy right now, that I'm not sure you're willing to give up right now, if it were up to your own will. So what is this text saying? Jesus is saying the way that the kingdom of God is being, the will of God is being executed in heaven, which means it's being executed without obstruction is being executed without resistance from Mm -hmm. sinful fallen man. Mm -hmm. He's saying, pray that the will of God will be done on earth without obstruction from the sinful fallenness of man like it is in heaven. So it's not saying I want exactly that. I'm saying I want the will of God to occur on earth without resistance from sinful fallen man the same way that there's no sin in heaven before Christ. I want it to play out that way on earth, the way it's playing out in, he- uh, 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 in heaven, the way it- I want it to play out on earth, the way it's playing out in heaven.
2: Mm-hmm. So when
1: we read this scripture, we really have to understand what's being said.
2: Mm-hmm. But
1: even still in here, even still he's saying um, in verse 11, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts and we forgive the- as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from... The evil one. I don't have to go time to unpack that. But what he's basically saying is, he's saying, when he says, don't lead us into temptation. Yeah. Well, the Bible tells us that God does not lead man into temptation. Yeah. What he's saying is, don't allow us to succumb to temptation from the evil one. Right. And so right. Um, that word one is actually supposed to be at the end of evil. But they didn't like that because, anyway, that's another conversation. We want
0: to talk about that. Yeah, but, the whole pun. pun. Paneros, I think it's how you say it, Paneros, mm-hmm. H-O space P-O-N-E with the hyphen over the top mm-hmm. of that R-O-S in the Greek, the evil one, you know. Um, yeah, and then, I mean, pay attention to what, and I, I, was ta- I don't know if I talked to you about this or somebody else, you know, with the Lord's Prayer, nothing is being spoken or given, nothing in that prayer is Jesus saying, speak this thing into existence. He's, nothing. he's praying God's will. Absolutely. You know, um, and then I think you and I had a conversation. I was just wondering about this, Um, you know, and and I'm still, you know, doing a study on this. But when we see in scripture, when angels appear, you know, God's messengers, Mm -hmm. they're acting on behalf of God. Yes. Right. Now, this is after Genesis three episode, you know, Mm -hmm. the Nahas in the garden um they're acting on behalf of god now Mm -hmm. the text says that he's made us a little lower than the angels Mm -hmm. right um but we don't see them start to make something out of nothing absolutely now if they have more power than us which of course uh you know because obviously in the text we we see them coming. If they come into the physical, they gotta, you know, like what Daniel almost fell dead. You know, they gotta touch Pete, uh, mm-hmm. peace be unto you. You know, they gotta make sure you you good. Are they coming to you like what Peter was in the jail? He was in like a sleep state or what have you, a sleep awake state. You know, he wasn't. He was kind of out of it, so to speak. But um, anywho, they don't ever speak anything into existence. So my, that's my whole thing: is where are we getting this stuff from? You know, and it's just it's just being passed on to generation and nobody's stopping and saying, hey, wait a minute, we got to look at this, because when I read the Bible, where am I getting that from? You know. I'll just
1: answer that in in a in a as concise as I possibly can. Mm. (laughs) It'll be loaded, but it'll be concise prayerfully. Um, It's because we don't know who we are. Yeah. And we don't really understand really who God is. Mm-hmm. We actually think that we are more like God than we actually are. Mm-hmm. So, we're, so everything we see God do, we think that, 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 that we're supposed to try and do everything that we saw Jesus do. Mm-hmm. And the problem with that is that we don't understand that Jesus um, is not us, even though he came in flesh as us. Right. And so when he was on the boat, and he calmed the winds and the seas one of the things that they said was what manner of man Man. is this that even the winds, the waves and the seas obey him. Right. It's interesting that they added the word seas because it was believed, uh, in Jewish culture at that time that the seas were their own. There were these, there was, there was this idea that the seas had their own, um, that they had their own, um, uh, uh, beingness in that they had a consciousness, and there was gods of these seas, as as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can fact check me on that; I may be wrong, but it's something to that effect. So when they said, "What manner of man is this that even the winds, the waves, and the seas obey him?", they were noticing that his authority was unlike any authority that man, as they understood man, was supposed to have. But we, of course, we understand that Jesus was absolutely man and absolutely God. Mm-hmm. And so part of the problem is, is that we think that, and it's been taught this way. And, 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 I, and I don't mean to be harsh on anybody. I used to say this. I used to think this way. I used to espouse this thinking. But as I studied the scriptures more deeply and the Lord really helped me understand, I realized that this is not true. And that is uh, this idea that I'm a spirit and I've always existed. I'm just inhabiting a body. Mm-hmm. So you hear people say things like, you are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in a body. I used to say that.
2: Mm-hmm. And Lord
1: help me, I actually preached it that way at, at one point. Until I realized um, that, that, this, that, that, that that new age mentality, that Gnostic way of thinking, that, that I need to separate myself from my flesh, because who I really am is not my flesh. Who I really am is my spirit. And so where do people get this from? One of the places that people get this from is from Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, Mm -hmm. which is, we know that says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and appointed you to be a prophet unto the nations. Mm -hmm. So we say, see, I've always been here. And so people embrace this um, pre-existence of man in terms of man being a spirit. But when the Lord says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, the new is speaking to the foreordaining it is speaking to, as we see in Romans chapter eight, it is speaking to God saying, I already knew what my plan was for you. I already knew what my intentions were for you. Yeah. Not saying that you and I had a relationship and I sent you down into human flesh. Yeah, That's not what is being said here in its proper context of Jeremiah one and five. We didn't exist until God created us. We are created beings. And we were created with a physical body we have a soul and a spirit that is uniquely intertwined. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not getting into the dichotomy of man or man being a tripart being. That's not the part that I'm really dealing with right here. The point I'm trying to say is, is that we didn't exist before God created us. We do not have eternality going backwards.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We will live eternally one place or another going forward.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So... So this scripture, Jeremiah 1 and 5, has to be read in context with Romans chapter 8, verse 28. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, so the foreordaining, those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Yeah. So the foreknowing, which means I already knew, you, knew everything about you. This is why nothing you and I do surprises God. Nothing that happens to you and I surprises God. So what he's saying here, it's not saying that you existed. You're just this... Spirit that was hovering around until your birthday. Mm -hmm. That's not what's being said here. It's saying, I already knew the course of your life.
0: Yeah, yeah. Once you were to
1: come into being. And we can look at Genesis when the Lord created man. All of that is who we are. So even if we look at John chapter 1, verse 14, where it says, and the Word became flesh. It's It's saying that Christ became just as we are. He became flesh. It didn't say he became a spirit who inhabited flesh. It says he became flesh. The word became flesh. So, what does it mean to become flesh? Well, we understand in the book of Hebrews that we have not a high priest who,
2: mm-hmm.
1: who, who cannot be touched with flesh. Here it is touched. feelings of our infirmities. Yeah. Right. He was tempted in every way as we are, but was what yet without sin. Well, how are we mm-hmm. tempted? We're tempted through our flesh, mm-hmm. through our soulish carnal desires. Mm-hmm. And so, when we understand all of that, then we know that man is just as much flesh as he is so. And we know this to be true of no other reason. And I'll end here. When Christ returned, what's being resurrected is not our soul. Mm -hmm. Our spirits are not being resurrected. What's being Mm -hmm. resurrected?
0: It's the body. Flesh. Right. So Mm -hmm. away with this
1: idea that we're spirits and that's who we really are. Mm -hmm. And our flesh has nothing to do with who we actually are. No, you are your flesh too, just like you're your spirit.
0: You know, that was a that was a old um idea floating around during second, third, fourth century mm-hmm. um of the preexistence of the soul.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, um and but the, again they got stamped out. I forgot what church fathers were holding to that idea. I don't I don't want to say it was athanasius but anywho that idea was floating around but it got stamped out exactly. however it's still around and that's mm-hmm. the importance of like we it's were just stamped. repackaged yeah it is a whole it's a um you know like that christmas gift you didn't want
2: mm-hmm.
0: and so you regifted you regifted that joker you know putting right. in some shiny right. paper maybe a nice new bag you know right. something making it look real nice. Oh man, you gonna love this gift.
1: You know? trying to press the skew tag back on it.
0: Yeah, you know, they mm-hmm. open that joint surprise. It's a fruitcake, you know, it's a different, oh man, you ain't had this type yet. You know, it's a right. different one, same, you know. But anywho, um, so let, let's, in, in conclusion, let's say, uh, you know, you have a member or, mm-hmm. you know, you know somebody, you know, you keeping in close contact, a friend of somebody and they was like, man, uh, Pastor Buckley. I didn't know this stuff, man. I've been, I've been, you know, saging, doing yoga, you know, I've been, you know, speaking stuff out in prayer.
1: Manifesting, you
0: know, manifesting, manifesting the, yeah, the, I hear the, the desires I want. Yeah. Let me, oh man, I wish I would have said something about that, but it was, it, you know, that's, but that's very manifesting is very popular on social mm-hmm. media that's all I said man you can manifest your dreams and your visions and then slap the name of Jesus on there but anywho mm-hmm. you know and then that stuff backfired on some po- some folks mm-hmm. ain't gonna go there but uh, I wouldn't trust myself <laughs> exactly to manifest anything
1: nothing because I don't know everything about many things and mm-hmm. so I wouldn't I wouldn't want that kind of I wouldn't want that. I wouldn't trust me, you or anybody else. That's not God with that kind of power.
0: Right. You know, and we'll do that out, out of selfish gain, out of Mm -hmm. taking that as using that as vengeance As ha ha, look, I got the last laugh instead of letting God work that thing out Mm -hmm. and, and, and hopefully bringing salvation to your enemies. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but let me, let me also say this too about, let's say, let me, before I ask before we get back to that question, um, let's say you did pray and somebody was healed, right? Uh-huh. A miracle was worked, Right. We need to look at the purpose for why that miracle happened. Mm-hmm. Was mm-hmm. God still revealing himself mm-hmm. in the affairs of man? Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. You know, that's the point that I wanted to make. I mentioned interject that interject that earlier. Um, but let's say that, um, and just, just so I can make it. Mm-hmm extremely clear
1: god still performs miracles today
0: yes god does.
1: still shows himself strong and manifests his will in ways by which we can't explain other than to say god did it but i want to emphasize it's god who is doing it according to his own will yeah it is not his god will. doing it it is not god doing it because we begged long enough
0: yeah you know, and um, I like what Craig Keener said, um, you know, and that's another, get his book, his two volumes set on miracles. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal, phenomenal. He said this, you know, let's suppose somebody, you know, you get a call from the doctor, hey, look, y'all got to call the family in, you know, grandma, granddad not going to make it, or somebody ain't going to make it, you know, and this person begging to stay here. A prayer that we should pray. It may be a hard prayer. This may be hard for some people right here. Is yeah. just pray, Lord, if it's Your will for them to know You a little bit longer on this side of Jordan, in the physical and the material mm-hmm. realm, mm-hmm. keep them here. Mm-hmm. If not, Your will be done. Plain and simple, you know. Now that's a hard, harsh—I wouldn't say harsh, but that may be a hard prayer for some people. Cause I mean, you mm-hmm. get done it that day, man. You might have some looks like, man, how what in the world, you know. And somebody may come up behind you like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna speak this thing. You are healed, you're gonna rise up, but it just may be we're in God's will. It. Right. Mm-hmm. Decree and declare, which we mm-hmm. don't have power to do. But anywho, uh it's another conversation. <laughs> you know, that's the that's the whole purpose of praying God's will. I don't see how we in prayer call out and speak out all of this stuff and then conclude, Well, God, your will be done.
1: You know, I think we can and I say this, you know, um, as a, you know, speaking as a pastor, it's really important that we're very tender to people's moments, mm-hmm. to people's mm-hmm. uh, circumstances. We want to make sure that we're tender as it pertains to people, um, even where their maturity is. Uh, we don't want to jerk the wheel of the car so fast mm-hmm. to save someone that we cause whiplash in the process. Yeah. There does we, there, there does need to be, uh, wisdom, discernment, discretion, uh, patience, temperance, long suffering with uh, with the people that, that we that we're called to pastor, and so I say that to say, the Lord doesn't jerk us uh, and and and, and uh, jolt us. I mean, in some cases, someone could say He does, but mm-hmm. but but He He knows how much we can bear and what we can. Right. what we can take in the moment right? without without destroying us utterly. Uh, and so um, I think we need to handle God's people uh, in, in like manner. And so if I were in a situation like that, uh, and in one sense, it actually has happened uh, already in my pastorate. And it'll happen again. And I know that to be the case because we're all going to go uh, by way of the grave, mm-hmm. uh, save the Lord Terry. But the thing is, is that, Um, there's a way to pray that the will of the Lord be done Mm -hmm. um, without um, jarring people's uh, tenderness in that moment. Uh, And I think we pray what we desire of God. Lord, we are desiring that you touch this person. Mm -hmm. We're desiring that you heal this person. Mm -hmm. We're desiring that you bring this person from the brink of of, uh, death. Um, you know, so we want to pray. there's nothing wrong with petitioning. God. We are to petition God. Uh, we do it with the humility of saying, Lord, that will be done. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. what we don't want to do though, in either case is assume that it is the Lord's will automatically mm-hmm. to heal them right now in this moment, nor right. do we want to assume that it's not the Lord's will to mm-hmm. heal them right now in this moment. So we need to find a way in our language, um, to, to not stray from the truth mm-hmm. in the interest of trying to accommodate or appease any of our lack of understanding. Because we all are lacking understanding as to pertaining what is God and how is God going to move in this sick person's life. None of us know how God is ultimately going to do it. That's yeah. why our prayer needs to be one of humility above all.
0: Yeah, let me say this too. And um, while we praying that, you know, um pray for the family there's some there's some folks that have walked away from the faith because god didn't heal according to how they were praying uh so or how, how they, they were t-
1: taught to pray
0: how they were taught to pray you know or mm-hmm. uh, or even their understanding of how god works mm-hmm. um you know and so i'm praying on the back end lord uh keep that family, save that family. You know, this it might have been somebody young and all of a sudden they found out they had cancer. I remember man, my um my wife's grandmother, um, her maternal grandmother, she kept having acid reflux, bad acid mm-hmm. reflux. And the doctor would give her medicine. Uh so finally she got real sick and one of her daughters took her to the doctors or matter of fact took her to the hospital, ran some tests, said you gotta go to the hospital. They did x-ray casket and all that man Mm -hmm. found out she was uh stage four stomach cancer. I never forget, man. Um, and so that's, that's running through your mind. You kind of taking these, you know, known medical facts. And then you kind of like, okay, God, you at the Mm -hmm. intersection of, you know, practicality and faith and you got to make sure that doesn't kaboom you know, an explosion. And so I'm praying on the back end for some family members that look at at these instances where these are Christians. You know, they held firm to God their whole life, uh, been Uh been in the faith a long time. And so they're looking at, well, why didn't God heal? Where's, why didn't God come through for my mom, my dad, my grandma, my brother, man? Why, you know, uh, which is ultimately, we got to deduce that to the problem of evil, pain and suffering, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, With God. So that's a whole, another episode in of itself, but I'll be praying on the back end for that part. Did God keep that family from walking away? Um, I said before in another episode with God and COVID that there's no protocol to how we're supposed to die. You Mm -hmm. know, Mm -hmm. it's just when Mm -hmm. God, God says, all right, it's time to come home. You know, Hey, listen, man, I'm, I'm glad God, thank you, you know, for bringing me home to you. If we, if we really unpack what that means as far as going to be with him. But, let me let me get back to the question. If you had a young person or just somebody in your church or somebody, you know, that came up and said, you know, Pastor Buckley, I've been doing, you know, uh, some new age practices. And, you know, I just feel I don't I, I'm, I'm torn between, you know, it's working for me and mm-hmm. I feel like I need to stop doing it. How would how would you counsel that person or talk to that person Uh, for some pastors that may be listening or for some people that may be listening and practicing? Mm -hmm. um, You know, what would be your advice?
1: Uh, If someone came to me and that was the conversation, the way you just articulated it, I would tell them stop immediately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I would tell them because we live in an age where people really want rationale for things, Well, why, why, why? And, 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 I, and, I, and I get that. I would articulate to them why they should stop those practices immediately. Uh, I would tell them that just because something works doesn't mean that God is behind it. Or doesn't right. It or doesn't mean that God is approving mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. And so I would, I would call into question, what is our, what is our chief duty in life? Mm-hmm. Um, once we know what our chief duty in life is, Ecclesiastes tells us this, um, the whole duty of man um, and so um, the Westminster Confession puts it in a very very concise and profound way uh, the chief and the whole duty of man is to, is to love God and enjoy him forever um, mm-hmm. to love him means to obey him, if you love me then you'll keep my commandments so when he tells us not to not to participate in that which is uh, attributable and associated with with false idol worship then it doesn't the, the question is not does it work the question is is this god's desire for my life
2: mm-hmm. if it's
1: not god's desire for my life regardless of whether it works or not i must abandon it immediately mm-hmm. so i would i would i would raise questions around what is um what is our life to be like as Christians, as faithful Bible believing people. Um mm-hmm. uh, if the Bible is not going to be the chief and final authority for our lives, uh, in terms of how we live and interact and conduct ourselves and think even, then we need to question who's our God. Because obviously we got some syncretism going on here.
0: Yeah. Um and if I would add to your um your synopsis there, because that was Extremely brilliant. I, I may I may have been a little trepidation about man, you need to cut that out now, but it's needed. That is very much needed. I think it's it with pastors today need to be tapping to that hard firmality of being a dad, of being a father. And that's one thing it's taught me about sticking to my guns, is having, you know, although they're still babies, but my the oldest one is still, she's coming to the understanding of you know, no. And she's trying to play my wife and I, you know, mommy says, no, I'm running daddy. Daddy says, no, I'm running to mommy.
1: Mm. We're
0: sticking to the guns. Um, but I would even understand, you know, under understand what monotheism is, you know, is that just, it means it's just one God. That's it. You know, why would he say don't have any other gods? before me start unpacking that supernatural realm of how sinister these beings are and how we can tie that in you know, um, and see how the occult is bridging stuff from here and here and there and there. And I mean, it doesn't make you, let me say this um, because some people may feel like, man, I, I've, I've royally screwed up here. You know, the Bible says that a just man falls seven times, you know, but the thing is he gets back up. Um, you know, so I'm not going to beat you up and 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 say that you you're done, you can't be saved. I didn't want no, not at all. You know, you so you know, there's still time for you to just say, God made a mistake, forgive me. I had no idea because this stuff is so popular.
1: I would just simply say to that person, especially if they were in our church and they were a believer who just didn't they just didn't know. Mm-hmm. I would just say to them, um, uh, first John one and nine. Yeah, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our forgive. sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word or his truth is not in us. Mm-hmm. There is enough mercy available
2: mm-hmm.
1: from the precious blood of Christ. Therefore, wherever you and I fall short now or going forward, here is what we have, what we can stand assured on, First John 1 and 9. We confess it. We turn from it. And, I, and I, I mean with godly sorrow, with godly repentance, we turn from it. He is more than faithful to do two things to forgive us mm-hmm. and to cleanse us from any and all unrighteousness. What a beautiful promise we have in Christ.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. Before we head out, any material sources, obviously start with that scripture, start with that Bible, <laughs> but any, uh, any additional sources you would recommend? Yeah.
1: Um, there's one book, um, that i would encourage and i'll just i'll I'll just give one one resource that has really been concise centralized location for understanding the different kinds of heresies and how they have traditionally tried to tried to infuse their way into the church it's a book called um it's called a no it's 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 a noda series it's a series noda and one of the uh, one of the units is called know the heretics and i think Mm -hmm. it's by jason holcomb or jay holcomb Mm-hmm. I, I, sh- I shouldn't have said that before I got his name right. Let me tell you the name, because uh, I have the book, but it's over on the other bookshelf. Um, and this book has been, yeah, Justin Holcomb. Excuse me. This book has been a blessing to my life. Uh, in fact, I think it needs to be in church bookstores. I think mm-hmm. church. I think pastors need 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 to teach from it today yeah. and give it out to their to to their um, parishioners. I also think it'd be great to walk youth youth groups and. College ministries through this same book. I think any Christian who, uh, in a day like today, where we all need to be vigilant and on guard uh, from error, uh, "Know the Heretics," uh, book by Justin Holcomb, is a wonderful resource. It's small, it's compact; you can literally put it in your pocket.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's cool, and that's I'm glad you said that. Um, you know, especially concerning youth ministry today, college outreach ministry, because. You know, if you're involved in that, be prepared for some tough questions. Uh, but anywho, um Buckley man, this has been a wonderful two-part series on dealing with new age in the in the church, particularly within the African-American context. Um, we definitely gotta get you back to talk about some some other things. Um, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we're gonna work those iron that iron that sheet out a little bit. Um, but, um, yeah, we appreciate y'all. Thank y'all. Remember if you want to be a blessing to this ministry, head over to our social media. Uh, you can check us out on IG at TBT Hosea 46 six Facebook. You can check us out at truth be told Hosea 46 six We love you. We thank you for tuning in and catch us on our next episode. All right. Peace. <music>